Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Happy Groundhog Day. It's February 2nd, 2022, and I'm Andrew Hansen, ready to cover the PGA DFS schedule for the week. It is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful sight on the TV back at Pebble Beach. What an amazing place. I had the pleasure of getting to that course with a very close friend of mine. We weren't able to play that day, but hopefully someday I'll get out there. We've seen it so many times. We know it well. But remember, in this uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, they are playing at three different courses. They're playing at Pebble Beach, Spyglass Hill, and then the Monterey Peninsula Country Club Shore Course. Last year, if you'll recall, there were no uh, amateurs and so they didn't play Monterey Peninsula. It was just a two-course uh, two rotation between Pebble Beach and Spyglass. So if you look back at the stats from last year, it's slightly different. But for every year from 2010 up until uh, 2020, they played uh, Pebble Beach, Spyglass, and Monterey Peninsula once each. And then there's a 54-hole cut. And the final round, of course, will be played at Pebble Beach. So that is the setting here, and we're off to a good start here in 2022 with our PGA lineups at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, another strong cash week last week, especially on DraftKings uh, for the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, so we're going to see if we can keep that rolling here today. Um, let's talk a little bit more about these courses. They're short. Uh, Pebble Beach is under 7,000 yards. Uh, this week it should uh, stretch to 69.72. And Monterey Peninsula is uh, 69.57. That one's only a par 71. It has five par threes. But that's important here. We've got shorter courses. It's a little bit cooler, um, low 60s. And then small greens. At Pebble Beach, the average square footage on the greens is only 3,500. And that is tiny. Um, Two-inch rough this week. Uh, so not as penalizing because the amateurs will be out there, but there is going to be a premium on proximity proximity to the hole for those approach shots. So what I'm going to do today here to go through the slate is talk a little bit about the past performance, some of the uh, high finishers in this event. The 2019 U.S. Open was played here. Remember, that was the event won by Gary Woodland. He's not playing this week, but I'll look at some of the top finishers from that event who are playing this week and what they've been up to lately. Uh, we'll talk about you know, some of the horses for courses uh, on these courses in this event. And I'll finish with my stat of the week. All right. So let's look at some of these uh, winners and runners up we've had lately. Last year it was Daniel Berger and Maverick McNeely. Those guys are going to be popular this week in DFS, uh, you know, rightly so. Uh, strong performances on this course. Uh, they are expensive, though. You know, I was thinking uh, before I checked the pricing about some of the players who've done well here, and then I looked at the DraftKings pricing, and sure enough, basically all of them were in the top 10. And there's a lot of top names who aren't playing this week. So we've got one of those events where guys who you often see mid-7K range might be up over 9,000. A perfect example is Kevin Streelman who finished second here two years ago, he's 9,100 on DraftKings. So he's the 11th most expensive player. Now, lots of times we can get him more in that $7,000 range on DraftKings. So 
the, the prices have shifted a little bit this week because of who's in the field. Uh, so after Berger and McNeely from last year in 2020, it was Nick Taylor winning uh, with the runner-up being Streelman. Nick Taylor, 7,300 this week on DraftKings. His last two events this year, he's made the cut, tied for 33rd and tied for 30th. So a, a fine play in my book. Uh, in 19, it was Phil and Paul Casey, but they're not playing this week. In 18, Ted Potter Jr. won, and runners-up included Jason Day and Ches Reevy. Now, Ted Potter Jr., 6,700. Uh, here's a guy who, if you follow him closely, he has winning upside, but he'll miss a lot of cuts. He hasn't played in a while, so he is a real wild card at 6,700. He'd be GPP only for me. Jason Day, really excited about him and his resurgence. Great to see him healthy. Uh, had a strong finish at the Farmers last week, tied for third. Really enjoyed watching him hole out from the fairway. Everybody got a charge out of that one on the back nine on, on Saturday. Um, but then, you know, he he did have a couple bumps down the stretch, uh, you know, a couple poor shots. So he wasn't able to get the victory. But just great that he's healthy and contending again. Expensive, though. And then Ches Reevy, 7,400. You're going to hear that name a lot in today's podcast. So keep an eye on that one. In 17, it was Jordan Spieth and then runner-up Kelly Kraft. Uh, we all know about Spieth. He's 10-3 this week. Another fine pay-up option. Kelly Kraft, lesser-known player. He's only 6,200. He's missed his last two cuts, uh, so you'd have to roll the dice to go there. In 16, it was Vaughn Taylor who won it. He's 7,000 this week, and he tied for 42nd at the Sony Open, his last event. Uh, so he is in my player pool this week. Uh, Phil was runner-up that that uh, year. He's not playing this week. And then one more in 15, Snedeker uh, took home the trophy. He's 7,400. He did miss the cut last week at the Farmers, but he was tied for 14th at the Amex the week before that. And then Nick Watney, uh, another GPP play who's cheap. He's 6,200. He has missed his last couple cuts, uh, so you'd have to hope for uh, him turning it around. All right, let's look at the 2019 U.S. Open uh, because it was a major, and they played all four of their events at Pebble Beach, all four of their rounds at Pebble Beach. Uh, so I mentioned Gary Woodland won that. A lot of the other guys who finished at the top of the board aren't playing this week, but the guys who are playing this week who finished the highest are Ches Reevy, tied for third, and Justin Rose. He also tied for third. So uh, Ches Reevy, I mentioned his price. It's a, it's a good value, and he did make the cut last week at the Farmers, which is encouraging for me. And then Justin Rose, another guy sort of like Jason Day, who is, uh, you know, he's even older than Jason Day. By the way, I think I saw recently that Jason Day is only 34, and that really surprised me. Because uh, he just seems like he's been around for so long at such a high level. But Justin Rose, I believe, is 41, um, playing really good golf uh, lately, tied for six at the Farmers last week and had a real strong weekend. So he is on my radar. Chesson Hadley finished tied for ninth in that 19 U.S. Open. Uh, he's 6,800, good price, but he's missed his last five cuts. And at the Farmers last week in the second round, he shot a 79. So that's tough. You know, he would really have to uh, just feel like he's in his happy zone uh, playing uh, at Pebble 
to to be able to turn around from that recent performance. Matt Fitzpatrick finished tied for 12th that that year uh, in the U.S. Open. He's 9,200. First event for him in 2022, so we'll see if he's able to shake off the rust. Matt Kuchar was top 20 in that event. He's 7,600, tied for 7th at the Sony three weeks ago. And then tied for 21st, uh, Jason Day and Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay, the most expensive option on DraftKings this week. We know he's been playing awesome. His two events this year, he's finished fourth and ninth. So, uh, you know, wouldn't fault you for wanting to get Cantlay in your lineup. Uh, It's just a matter of how you balance it all out. But remember, because they are having a 54-hole cut this week, uh, once again, you have a little bit more latitude with some of your value plays. Because you know you're going to get three rounds out of them, uh, so it it you know weakens the blow a little bit if they don't make that fourth round Sunday of action. Uh, top sixty and ties this week. In case I didn't mention that, usually it's top sixty-five, but it's top sixty and ties, and then the low twenty-five pro am teams will play on Sunday. All right, uh, how about some other value plays before I get to my stat of the week? Uh, kind of tying in horses for courses. There was an event last fall here at uh, Pebble Beach, and it was the TaylorMade Pebble Beach Invitational. It included players from the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, Champions Tour, and Corn Ferry. And the gentleman who won that event, Brandon Harkins. And by the way, he's coming off a win last week in the Corn Ferry event. In the Bahamas, he's 7,100 on DraftKings. He's played in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and finished tied for 15th and tied for 28th. So he's certainly in play for me as a as a pretty cheap option. Austin Eckrott finished tied for 5th in that uh, Invitational last fall. He's 6,800. He had a 63 at Pebble Beach during that event. Uh, how about Pat Perez? 7,300 this week on DraftKings. He's made 15 of 19 cuts in this event, and he finished tied for sixth at the Farmers, playing really really well in that final round. Uh, So keep him in mind. Uh, And then Brandon Wu, 6,500. He tied for 35th in that U.S. Open. Uh, And then recently, he did miss the cut at the Amex, but he was five under. And at the Farmers, he missed the cut. Uh, 70 and 76. So we'll see if he can return to form on a course that he knows well at a good price. Uh, And then with the other horses for courses, um, anyone I haven't mentioned would be uh, Scott Stallings. He has two top tens here in his last five appearances. He's only 7,100 and he had a final round 66 at the farmers. So, you know, that's that's something I track a lot is obviously recent form, recent performances, but also just that final round. You know, I think there's a big difference between a guy who shot 66, shot up the leaderboard, has all those positive vibes coming off the course, getting ready for the next event versus a, a guy like Brandon Wu who shot 76. And, you know, you, you got to figure he's on the range tinkering and, and trying to sort some things out. Uh, just not coming in with confidence. So basically, it's a tiebreaker for me. 
when players have a similar price range, similar course history, uh, but they're just coming in with a with a different vibe based on that final round performance the week before. All right, so without further ado, let me hit the stat of the week, and it's proximity to hole. And if you haven't dug into that stat, uh, what it is is on the approach shot that these players have hit, and this is for the current season, uh, who on average is closest to the pin after their approach shot. And this stat measures all shots for the approach to the green that land within 30 yards of the green. Uh, So I think it does a good job of uh, zeroing in on basically all the approach shots. So if you have a guy who misses the green by more than 30 yards, uh, that's pretty rare. So it basically takes all of the regular approach shots, not the little chips, and studies how close they are to the pin. And why is that so important? Well, again, Pebble Beach, we're talking about green sizes on average of 3,500 square feet. We know it's by the ocean. Uh, we know there can be some wind and it's very challenging. Uh, so you got to be precise. Um, and same thing goes for these other courses, spyglass. I actually had the, the pleasure of playing that one on a golf simulator recently. And I had a, I had a hard time with uh, some of those greens because, you know, they're fast and some of them have a, a pretty decent slope front to back or back to front. And if you're not on the right side of the green, the proper side of the green, you know, all of a sudden it's a lot harder to putt. Um, so proximity to the hole, that was the stat of the week. And if you look at the uh, ratings here, the rankings for the current season, the number one player in proximity to the hole is Satoshi Kadaira. He's only 6,900 on DraftKings, coming off a tied for 12th at the Sony. Uh so he's a value option for you. Ryan Armour uh, is next in that stat. He's also 6,900, coming off a tie for 20th at the Sony. Uh, and if you you know have familiarity with these players, they're they're shorter hitters, and uh, no big surprise they do well at courses like this. And uh, you know this th- they play events like this because they're shorter courses. And they have a greater likelihood of success based on their skill set. So those guys were in play for me. Next is Chase Seifert, who's seventh in that category. He's 6,500. Missed the cut at the Sony, but he was four under. So playing de- decent golf. Um, Austin Smotherman is tied for eighth with Justin Rose. Uh, I've talked about Justin Rose, but Austin Smotherman is coming off tied for 11th at the Farmers with a final round 66. So he hits a lot of the check marks that I'm looking for. And then tied for 10th in proximity to the hole this year, Russell Knox, who is 7,800 on DraftKings, has a number of high finishes in this event. Uh, so, you know, he's he's a guy that I'm looking at as a possible core play on DraftKings. What we do with the coach's clipboard for our PGA coverage is we highlight four players uh, that we advise our members to play, and we give them options to finish out the roster. And I'll be putting that clipboard together this week, uh, tonight, actually. This is Wednesday. Uh, so we give out the full lineups on Wednesday, and then we give out weekend lineups for uh, the weekend golf on Friday. And, we, of course, we give out the full lineups on FanDuel, where we can give you all six players for your cash lineup, your GPP lineup, and then same thing on Yahoo. So if you want to grab my lineups tonight, 
Go to dfscoachtalk.com, sign up for one of the memberships that we offer, and whichever one you pick, you'll have access to all of our sports, uh, football, golf, baseball, and basketball. Uh, basketball is going seven days a week uh, right now, and of course, there's a football game coming up called the Super Bowl, and we'll have lineups for that. But uh, jump in at dfscoachtalk.com. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us on Twitter at dfscoachtalk. And you can find me on Twitter at Language Olympic. Love to talk some golf with you. Uh, two more guys to mention in this stat. Vaughn Taylor is 12th in proximity to the hold this season. I mentioned him as a former winner at 7000 I like that price on DraftKings. And then last one, Chan Kim, tied for 15th in this stat this year, 6400 on DraftKings. He missed the cut at the MX, but shot six under. So again, uh, you got to really dig into the stats. Uh, did the guy make the cut, miss the cut? If so, by how many? Uh, how did he shoot in that final round? Uh, so, you know, if you go through the names I just listed on proximity to the hole, uh, one, two, three, four, five of them are under 7,000. One at 7,000, one at 78, one at 96. Uh, sometimes with these stats, you'll get that. You'll get some of these... Um, not as high profile players under the radar and uh, their best skill is, you know, that iron play hitting it tight. So uh, you obviously don't need to fill your lineup with guys from that range because I, I would like to get one or two payups this week. Uh, you know, the big hitters from Cantlay, Day, Rose, uh, Spieth, Berger, uh, you know, like I said, all strong plays. So, that is the overview for the week. I hope that helps you get ready for DFS action this weekend. Again, if you want my lineups, come to dfscoachtalk.com at sign up, and then we'll continue grinding along here with PGA. Uh, be back next week for some more golf action. So on behalf of the entire DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.